0: Vista episode 97. I'm Andrew. Uh, Welcome to the show. I'm joined by my dear friend, Ben. Hello, Ben. Oh, that felt quite nice, actually. I Mm. think we are dear friends. I think that's true. That's true. We spent a lot of of time together doing this show. We are approaching the hundreds of hours mark, I think. Mm, That
1: is a lot of time. And think of all the things we know about each other now. That's right.
0: That's right. know about uh, your family's attempted murder of a whale yep uh i i don't know which episode that was on it was one of the bonus episodes uh
1: just go back and listen to all of them yeah i specifically made sure that that was on a bonus episode so that it (laughs) never made it into the public but thank you very
0: much uh subscribe patreon five dollars uh dig back through there and learn about ben's former seafaring life
1: yeah uh on the high seas Uh, a lot of things can happen on the seas, and not all of them your fault please keep that in mind Uh, When you listen to the episode. Thank you very much.
0: They're not all your fault. And if they happen in international waters, then who's to point your fingers? You know, Certainly. And even if it did happen in territorial waters, please do not blame me. Please stop pointing your finger at me. (laughs) Just don't point any fingers. Keep your hand balled up casually in a fist. Thank you very much. That's right. Always approach Ben um, with both hands curled into fists. (laughs) And raised up at chest height so I can see where they are. Thank you very much. Do it, um, do it all timey boxer style. <laughs> do it like, uh, you ever seen that movie, Far and Away? I don't know if I did. It sounded awful familiar, though. It was like, uh, in the 90s, you know, when, like, when Tom, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman were like the <gasps> Hollywood power couple. Yeah. Um, and they had made like Days of Thunder together and everything. Yeah. Um, so, so they're both very much looking that, that vintage of Tom and Nicole. Um, and then Ron Howard made like a period piece epic. Called Far and Away, about a pair of Irish folk. Tom Cruise's character is uh, very poor, and Nicole Kidman's character is like the, the daughter of a the daughter of a landlord who's getting run off his property and stuff. And they they both wind up uh, running away to America because they've heard about the big land grab that's mm-hmm. happening over there. And so, you just get to see, like, um, an entire movie of Tom Cruise doing a, a thick Irish accent. That
1: cannot be good, surely. It's, uh... I mean, the accent, not, not the movie.
0: Well, you can you can say it about both. Anyway, the point is that the um, the, the talent that Tom Cruise's character uh, has is he's extremely good at bare-knuckle boxing. Mm-hmm. And that's how he, like, gets money and, and finds his way. But it's, like, the old-timey... Type of bare knuckle boxing where you both square up with your fists um, held out like three feet in front of your faces. Uh, Put them up. Put them up, you say. And uh, yeah, I don't know if I'd recommend it. It's just weird. Very weird twist at the end where um, they basically just go, oh, Tom Cruise's character is dead after all of that. He has been crushed to death under a large horse. Um, And then he just kind of gets up and goes, actually, it's fine. He passed out a little and was revived. Yeah, whereas yep. the, the movie really plays it like he has been crushed to death just on the cusp of achieving his dream. Um, but I'm guessing they like did it with a test audience who said, that's sad. And they went, well, we don't want to make you sad. What if he's just alive at the end? Because <laughs> that's the best way to make a movie. Um, you, just, you, you have the, the process of the main character dying... Um, so you try and you know you try and get the emotional payoff of someone dying but then you just go oh no consequences though (laughs) no consequences
1: oh man Uh, Ebert did not like this movie Far and Away is a movie that joins astonishing visual splendor with a story so simple minded it seems intended for adolescence (laughs) yeah oh Roger you were a mean bitch (laughs) (laughs) loved the movie Dark City though really loved Dark City that man
0: that was a pretty cool movie
1: and how could you not Great film,
0: yeah. Directed by Australian Alex Price.
1: Certainly, who's done one and a half good movies.
0: <laughs> now coming back to um, coming back to like uh, whale crimes in international waters and being crushed by a horse. Oh, that would have been a great segue if we'd just done that
1: instead of the middle thing.
0: Damn. So talking about far and away for a while. Sure. Um, <laughs> oh, well, no, imagine imagine if you will that we didn't talk about far and away at all. Um, and imagine that we, instead we were talking about whale crimes. Mm. And that takes us to this week's segment of Nature Corner, which we don't have a theme for yet. So I'm just going to play um, whatever comes to mind Nature Corner. It's a very loud <laughs> foghorn. <laughs> it's a very loud foghorn. All right, what about instead we, we try some Nature Corner? See that's uh that's more nature related, but it sounds a bit threatening to be honest.
1: Yeah a bit I, ominous. It's, <laughs> it's nature.
0: <laughs> it is nature. Um So Ben. Yes. What's going on in Nature Corner this week? Oh Andrew, I'm so excited you asked.
1: And not just because I asked you to ask. Um <laughs> I want you to imagine for a second that you are I'm preparing my mind palace to, to Empty out your mind scene. palace Throw mm-hmm. out for one goddamn second the
0: 1988 sci-fi noir film Alien Nation I will I will tenderly place it to the side on a kick soft it pillow out the
1: door, kick <laughs> it and it's four or five sequels and the five season TV series that it spawned uh out of your mind palace, onto the curb, and you say, get out of here!
0: Get out of here, James Kahn and Mandy Patinkin.
1: Yeah. Get out of here, themes of racism explored through what if aliens arrived in LA,
0: but they were the people we were racist about. Get out of here, um, the movie that's just a better District 9.
1: Because we're not talking about Alien Nation. We have emptied our mind palaces, uh, and we are... Imagining for a brief second that we
0: are a fisherman yeah, uh, in okay. the The northern... salty seawater is... Uh, I should play the foghorn sound effect again. <laughs> We're on the northern
1: coast of Norway. So this is the very top part. If you, perhaps while you're listening to this, you open up your Google Maps, mm-hmm. you type in Norway, the country of Norway, and it will show you... Uh, All of those. Show you
0: the country of Norway. Yeah,
1: yeah, it should, and also you'll see Sweden and Finland and what have you. But the northern coast, uh, that's right near Russia, right? It it borders
0: with Russia actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's all Arctic and shit up there. Uh, You Uh, can see you can see Russia from my house. Hey, someone living up there. Someone's living up there, but they're doing a Sarah Palin uh, from two thousand and eight reference do you, kind of i reckon there way. is
1: absolutely one person who lives up there in like somewhere near the border it definitely doesn't look like there's oh no there are towns on the border someone lives in vadso and every day they do a perfect <laughs> uh bloody tina fey sarah palin i can see russia from my house and all of their neighbors say fuck you they Shut roll the their eyes. Uh, in, in Norwegian, I assume. But anyway, imagine you're out on the... You're on the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're near a village that I believe is so small that it doesn't even show up the map. I tried to find it before and I couldn't do it. But it's Arctic. It's very, very cold. You're trying to do whatever sort of fishing you do. There is long lining nets. I don't know. Uh, and then... This fucking whale keeps coming up to you. Every goddamn day, this whale comes up to you and it rubs against the boat and it comes up and it pokes its head out of the water and it's got its mouth open it, like it, it's expecting it coos, you
0: to... It coos uh, normal whale noises. That
1: exact noise that all whales could make. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's a big beluga whale, by the way, big, uh, also called the white whale. It's the only marine mammal whose skin is entirely uh, white pigment. The beluga whale, little nature fact for you. Uh, so this keeps happening and you're like, for fuck's sake, shut up, Mr. Whale, I've got fishing to do. And then you realise, you're looking at the whale and you see that this thing has something sort of tied around its torso and you go, oh no, this whale is actually asking for my help and I've been a
0: really mean person to it. I've been a jerk about this whale, which is um, caught in like the the plastic um, ring container of like a gigantic six-pack of beer.
1: Yeah, a six-pack from one of the trolls from Troll Hunters. Troll yes. Hunter. Yeah. Uh, and you call up the director of fisheries and you say, Hey, this fucking whale over here is caught in something. Uh, they happen to have a boat nearby with uh, two investigators on it. And they pop over. Uh, a man by the name of Jürgen. Gets in the water with a, a specialised custom built
0: rope freeing tool. I assume you're not talking about um, famed actor Jurgen now. Oh, would that I were, because I love <laughs> that man dearly. Uh,
1: this is a different man. I've mm-hmm. forgotten the last two parts of his name, but I definitely remember his first name. Okay. Um, he's gone in the water. He's taking the thing off, and then they pull it. They they take the thing that was on it onto the boat, and they look at it, and they go, "Hey." Wait a second, this isn't a bit of rope or fishing net or the the weird six-pack thing. This is a harness, specifically built to fit a whale that this whale was wearing. And on this whale, uh, there are mounts for a GoPro on each side of its body. A bit sus, you might agree. I might, yes. <laughs> uh, stamped on the buckles that are on there. You know, the sort of um, mm-hmm. buckles you'd see on a school backpack kind of deal. Those little clippy ones. Uh, it's, it's stamped with a sort of stylized image of a mountain and then the words Equipment of St. Petersburg. Mm-hmm. Yes. The Russians. The Russians. Uh, so everyone's going, hey, what's the deal here? Is this... A Russian war whale. Is this a Russian war whale? Which is objectively the coolest combination of words
0: <laughs> in the world. It's so amazingly badass. Well, you think about all those, all those like different kind of documented uh, instances of people trying to weaponize like dolphins and whales and shit in the past. You know, when they were trying to make make dolphins like um, landmine detectors and. Mm-hmm. All that kind of cool stuff. And you think to yourself, hey, that's pretty retro. But apparently... It's still doing it. still going on.
1: So, um, a bunch of Norwegian marine experts... Uh, that were contacted by the Norwegian news service NRK. Uh, they all were like... Well... It's probably <laughs> the Russians, isn't it? Um, and so, the, I think the Department of Fisheries people contacted... Uh, some Russian researchers that they knew and they were like, well, you know, we do do studies with whales and stuff, but we would never put a harness on one. That's just not not something that whale researchers would do. It's almost definitely the military. And Russia has form on this. They've done this before. Like, they've done this shit with dolphins and stuff, uh, but specifically they have also, there have been documented cases of them using uh, beluga whales for stuff. They use them for guarding naval bases ...helping divers and finding lost equipment, apparently. That's what they've done in the past. Um, So, yeah, they're they're almost certain this is a military whale. There's no other reasonable explanation. (laughs) (laughs) Military whale, again, fantastic combination combination of of words. words. (laughs) Uh, And there is a Russian Navy base very, very close to here. The Murmansk Sea Biology Research Institute... Um, Oh, wait, no, sorry. That's a different place. But that's another place where a 2017 report in the Siberian Times said they had been training blue whales at, uh, which is indeed nearby. But there is a Navy base in Murmansk. So that's pretty cool. But the story goes on. Uh, We don't have any further clarification as to whether or not it definitely is or is not a whale. But one theory has been superbly shot down in this article from The Guardian. (laughs) Oh, this is so good. I love this paragraph. An alternative theory, based on the whale's tricks and the English inscription on its harness, is that it's made its way to northern Norway after escaping from captivity in St. Petersburg, Florida. Oh, for sure. Except (laughs) that there are no aquariums or marine parks in that St. Petersburg. (laughs) Uh,
0: And Florida, of course, known for its many gigantic mountains. Yeah, sure. uh, That you would depict on that park.
1: Yeah, it's very strange. Uh, I, I saw someone replying to a post that that... Uh, mountain icon was actually the uh, logo of a Russian sports equipment manufacturer, which, from looking at their website, did indeed be, uh, appear to be the case. Uh, but the so the the story here, the headline of this story, also just a wonderful combination of words: Russian spy whale has defected to Norway. Locals claim,
0: <laughs> as though as though the whale were like, you know, I'm. I'm a soldier, but I'm really conflicted about the yeah, things. You know what? I don't things like what we're doing in the world geopolitically. It's uh, very morally questionable.
1: Uh, there's a wonderful image in that Guardian article. Just look up the Guardian article with that headline. Uh, there's a woman posing for a selfie with the whale uh, that is just absolutely delightful. Uh, wow. But So the whale's not leaving, and it's clearly used to being fed um, in reward for tricks. So people have found that uh, the blue whale performs twirls and leaps and happily retrieves plastic rings um, before swimming up to the dockside with its mouth open as if looking for a fish in reward. Uh, they're thinking that they're trying to get people to stop feeding it so that it can try and adapt to being in the wild, but apparently whales have a very hard time doing that. But Norway's uh, basically accepted a duty of care for it. Uh, there's this quote from... Uh, the guy that actually, he's the diver that got in there and freed him, said, we're determined in any case to keep track of him because he is now our responsibility.
0: Well, that's lovely. Segway time. Watch me slip into this bad boy like a warm bath. <laughs> <laughs> Go for <laughs> it. Now, Ben, in Nature Corner, of course, we find ourselves talking about uh, about all kinds of animals and beasts. But uh, if we want to take a turn and talk about the real pack of filthy animals oh boy why don't we talk about uh, candidates in the upcoming Australian (laughs) election so you say this is an extension
1: of nature corner we're still
0: in nature corner Uh, how about this I wouldn't um, I wouldn't besmirch the the proud veteran military whales of the world by putting them in the same bucket as these people
1: (laughs) yeah no that's fair Um,
0: that whale is braver than the troops because he uh, went AWOL that's right. He said, hey, this, this war whaling is bullshit. I want to go fetch some rings. <laughs> and he got himself out of there. Good on him. Um, so with that, we, we take a turn to what will probably be a recurring segment over the following weeks. And that is, of course, Disgraced Candidate Watch. It gives me chills every time. That's right, folks. We are... So, as as you may or may not know, there is an upcoming federal election in the country of Australia. And it's going great so far. It's going gangbusters. Because apparently every party has very helpfully uh, nominated for pre-selection a bunch of people that um, I guess you you probably wouldn't let work at your local garbage dump. Like, (laughs) they're all... There are actually no no offence to the proud sanitation workers of the world. Um, any workplace. Any workplace you would want to get these people the fuck out of there. So uh, what we might do is just a bit of a... take you on a bit of a running tour of some of these candidates and what they've been um, all about. So the, the Liberals lost, I think, two or three candidates in a single day uh, a couple of days ago. Um, this is from, I think... The Guardian, maybe? Uh, Peter Killen, the Liberal candidate for the Victorian seat of Wills, has resigned. Uh, Liberal candidate has pulled out of the election race after backlash, after it emerged that he said the, quote, homosexual lifestyle carried appalling health risks. Liberal candidate for the Victorian seat of Wills, Peter Killen, resigned Wednesday afternoon. Earlier he was forced to apologise, after it was revealed he made a submission to the Ruddock Review into Religious Freedom, in which he wrote about the dangers posed by gay people. He also lamented the fact that he was not at the pre-selection for fellow liberal Tim Wilson so he could have ensured that there was, quote, no homosexual MP. Wow. No homo MP. Uh, Just just great looks. Um, Earlier Wednesday, Mr. Killen issued an apology for the comments but said he won't stand aside after a story was published in the Herald Sun. My comments were wrong and I apologize unreservedly for making them, he said in a statement. Uh, in his Ruddock rev- review submission, he wrote, quote, the dangers and health risks of gay people have been well documented in many reliable medical sources for years. Very, very normal dude. Mm. Um, now, there's a, there's a report here from um, Michelle Grattan, the Grattan Institute, where she's talking about the multiple candidates that got knocked out there. And she has some insights on this. Um, she says, whether or not it's some sort of record, the Liberals' loss of two Victorian candidates in a single day is way beyond what Oscar Wilde would have dubbed carelessness. <laughs> Already struggling in that state, the Victorian Liberals managed to select one candidate who, judged on his words, was an appalling Islamophobe and another who was an out-and-out homophobe. And she notes, very relevantly, the comments that have brought them down weren't made in the distant past. They were dated from last year. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm glad uh, this
1: is one that we can feel good about because you know a lot of these there's a lot of hand-wringing to be done over the amount of time that's passed whether they've changed their views since whether it's fair to attack them on stuff that's happened that long ago well, this one you're like oh well yeah, no this guy was a cunt uh, nine months ago fantastic
0: so let's um we'll yeah we'll we'll come around to that a couple of paragraphs down here because there is a labor candidate who um was dropped for similar reasons here um Peter Killen, who was standing in Wills, withdrew over a comment in reply to another commenter he posted in December that included suggesting that Liberal MP Tim Wilson should not have been pre-selected because he's gay. Scott Morrison rather quaintly explained the unfortunate choice of Killen by saying, quote, he was a very recent candidate who came in because we weren't able to continue with the other candidate because of Section 44 issues. Uh. Um, so again, just as a, as a refresher for our non-Australian listeners, um, Section 44 of the constitution states that um i guess you you have to be australian without any like an australian citizen without any allegiances to other countries and stuff like that so there are a bunch of qualifying things that's uh, like i think so section 44 is basically just the these are the things that will disqualify you from holding office and there's stuff like you know having um having been convicted of particular crimes or like still having sentences over you being bankrupt, being, um, being two, like a, a, a dual of citizen of another country. Both of which applied
1: to Rod <laughs> yes. ah, Got yes. him. Um,
0: so she says oops and oops again. First the Victorian Liberals pick someone who didn't qualify legally and then they replace that candidate with one who didn't qualify under any reasonable test of community standards. It's not just the Liberals with problems of candidates with unacceptable views or bad behaviour. Labour's Northern Territory number two Senate candidate, Wayne Kerneth, who shared anti-Semitic material on social media on Monday, stood down. So I'm pretty sure this guy was posting like... Um,
1: That's David Icke stuff.
0: Uh, yeah, posting David Icke. Um, the the country is run by a secret cabal of uh, Jews who are also um, lizard people. Are the lizard people from space in David Icke's deal? I'm not actually sure. I've not looked
1: into this, but I assume it's um, the plot of They Live but with anti-Semitism thrown in which interestingly uh, because David Icke has like said that They Live as his favourite film and he believes it's a metaphor for uh, the Jewish takeover John Carpenter has come out repeatedly and been like fuck you no you fucking idiot how yeah, would you get this from my movie yeah it's very very explicitly anti-corporate yeah um, he said it was made as a response to
0: Reaganism I believe
1: uh, if I recall correctly absolutely
0: uh, and, in, and like the, the time period that it's made and everything you know it's a, it's very clearly that is what it's about you know i i kind of feel like the david ike stuff um would be fun if it weren't for the extremely anti-semitic part like you know how he has like the the day-long shows in like stadiums and shit like um convention centers and stuff like that that seems like a lot i don't even like if a band plays a set that's longer than an hour well, um, no, I feel like I feel like if you if you could go and watch, um, you know, if you could go to a, a convention center or, or something like that, and just sit in a seat and have somebody bombard you with like wild ass conspiracy theories um, for for you know a morning or an afternoon or whatever. That's the type of thing which back in the day I would have been like, maybe I'm going to smoke a blunt and go to this thing. <laughs>
1: but, Next time you come up, uh, please try and time it with the last Friday of the month so that you can come with friend of the show, Ben Jungles and I, to a meeting of UFO Research Queensland at Kenmore Public Library.
0: You are in for a treat, my friend. I would love to do that. And of course, um, I feel like the worst way that that could work out is if you were to do something like eat a bunch of potent edibles go to a day-long um, thing like this and not knowing that it was going to take a sharp turn into, like, severe racism and anti-Semitism at some point, I feel like that would really kill it.
1: You know? Oh, yeah, that would that would definitely... That would ruin my vibe, I think. It would really half your buzz, so,
0: uh, to, so No to
1: anti-Semitism at UFO Research Queensland, though, the world's second-longest UFO organization, longest-running, I should say.
0: That's great. Uh, so Bill Shorten embarrassed himself on Wednesday by saying he hadn't met Wayne Conneth despite having been filmed with him. Um, I think he then went on to clarify it was the thing where, like, you know, he'd shaken his hand and stood and got a photo with him at something, and so they had a photo of him with him, and the campaign said, look, you know, he he met the dude, but he meets hundreds of people every week, and he doesn't remember them all. Um, which, which I kind of think is relatively valid for the leader of a major political party. Um, You know, like, having a photo of you standing next to someone does not mean that you're best friends with them or anything. Um, I'm sure that there is a lot of very similar stuff with, like, um, Jeremy Corbyn, although he has has much more uh, radical political ties and stuff like that, but I'm sure there are a lot of people that you could find a photo of Jeremy Corbyn with and then find something wild that that person had said in their past and say, ha, gotcha, Jeremy Corbyn, you believe this thing. (laughs) Um, So then there's the case of Luke Creasy, the Labour candidate running in Melbourne, which is held by Greens' Adam Bant, who shared rape jokes and pornographic material on social media. He has done a mea culpa saying his actions happened a number of years ago and in no way reflect the views I hold today. Uh, Creasy still has his endorsement. Now, as of uh, right now, he does no, not. He, he has doesn't. stepped down. Yeah, things kind of got worse. So, this this comes back to what you were saying, though, which is that, I mean, I'm going to be real with you. I don't like this guy's face. He has extreme private schoolboy face. He does. Uh, this is certainly true. Uh <laughs> It's not a disqualifying factor, but it doesn't make me like somebody anymore. No, so um,
1: you know his face doesn't reflect on his quality as a human being in any capacity. But it's a confronting one. Um, the, he also looks thing-
0: very young. Um, he looks very young, but and and like the posts that I think people are pulling up are from sort of like twenty twelve. I believe that sort of vintage.
1: Yeah, he was like twenty twenty one when he was doing them.
0: Yeah, if so this I is recommend- this is kind of my point as to what you were referring to earlier, right? With the with the like the hand wringing about. All all of this stuff presents a very complicated issue which is, and which we've spoken about before at length on this show. Um, the whole weaponizing of older social media posts. I I don't know if I'm just like showing my own bias here. But from what we've seen over the last year, and I know, I know that the Liberal Party, I'm sorry, I know that the Labour Party, who are theoretically a centre-left party in Australia, um, I say theoretically because of lots of other issues that we all know about, um, they are theoretically a centre-left party, and I think that the, the Labour Party has sort of been one of the worst perpetrators for you know disingenuously surfacing out of context comments about greens candidates certainly um which generally speaking like all of the things that we've seen um damage greens candidates Are uh, yeah they're just they're just very clearly taken like out of context it's a, riff on a
1: drill post or whatever and then you know or they're making fun of racism, blah, blah, blah. Yeah,
0: that that kind of thing. So I feel like like the things that have been used against Labour candidates and by Labour against candidates further to the left than themselves have all been extremely bad faith out-of-context interpretations. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas the things about Liberal candidates and right-wing candidates are very frequently... Whereas a lot of the the things that have surfaced about, like, liberal and hard-right candidates are things that are, like, genuinely disqualifying on, on the basis of does it meet our, our standards as a society. A lot of it is the kind of stuff that we're talking about of people, you know, being virulently Islamophobic, homophobic, um, racist... In some cases, this stuff isn't even leading to people standing down because they're from far right candidates, um, and they've and they've defended the positions, you know. Yeah. So, so with this young guy, this Luke Creasy, I'm I'm not a, particularly a fan of him or of Labour or of the things that he's posted. He's posted a bunch of just posted a bunch of just dumb, uh, edge lordy shit that people post when they're twenty. And now in his late 20s um this stuff is is coming to light and and yeah i think that there is much more of a conversation there around well you know were you the same person at 20 as you were at 27 um in my own case absolutely not no and i'm i'm not the same person at 36 that i was at 26 you know How much room do you give people to grow and learn things and change?
1: so, I think primarily his posts were seven years ago, so 29 to 22. Some of them are uh, bad internet jokes from when, I guess, sexual violence against women was the ultimate punchline that people could think of, because everything Mm -hmm. fucking sucked back then. And then some of the stuff he said is just, I have, you know, you try and do a generous reading of it because obviously we've had people where we know they had good intent behind what they said and then it was taken in a literal sense when it was meant to be ironic or whatever. I cannot figure out what the fuck this guy is trying to say. If Did did you read the stuff about the fucking the weird shit where he was talking about having his friend's virginity taken or fucking watching people
0: do it? It was... I don't know. And like, and he's got some stupid post there about like wh- when when two lesbians are in a relationship, they they meld together and have one vagina. Like, just just the kind of stupid shit that young white guys post when they think they're being really funny. <laughs> it's
1: very odd. Yeah, that that was that, like... Well, see, the paper categorized it as them forming one vagina, which I would like to correct the record. He said that when their vaginas come into contact, they mind meld. So their minds become one. Um, mm-hmm. But they still retain the their... two
0: vaginas. Do not become one. Yes, uh, the two and... vaginas share one consciousness.
1: Uh, well, the brains. I, I think they're just doing a regular line meld, but through the vagina. I, I was going to make a press council complain about this, about whichever <laughs> uh, outlet I saw summarizing it that way. But that's neither here nor there. He said some very weird shit that sucked, and yeah,
0: and um, like, yeah, yeah. Like, like I completely agree that it's not good. I, I also think though it does it does lead again to those questions about what's the proposed solution to this? Is this, is the proposed solution to, um, for every person who wants to run for any kind of public office to have completely scrubbed every social media profile and like deactivated every social media profile that they have ever held just in case there's something is the the idea that you know political parties will only run people who have been carefully cultivating a, a public persona on the like on the understanding that one day in the future they might run for office and they don't want anything you know vaguely distasteful because which is those, even- those two options are not great because number one like that this is going to be a thing that you know, continues to be a, a much more of an issue as the current crop of, of elected representatives age out and we get, you know, younger people coming in because these are going to be people who have been raised with social media their entire lives. And so by either saying you have to scrub every evidence of everything you've ever said is kind of weird to say you need to erase essentially your whole public existence before you can do this thing. And if we try and do the version where you say only get people who have been carefully stage managing every public statement they've ever made since they were 17, you're only going to get those like university student politics.
1: Oh, fuck me. No, just, God. we've already got yeah, so just, many of those fucking people.
0: Yeah, it's, it's already the kind of people who get preferential treatment from parties anyway. And they're also the worst kind of people. They're also very clearly the worst kind of people because as we've talked about many times on the show before, they're the types of people for whom politics and political power and everything is one big game. The entire thing is just a big game and it's all about gaming the system and who knows the rules the best and all that sort of stuff and it seems like policy and improving people's lives is just the furthest thing from a priority for that type of person. So I would far rather not get into a situation... Where that's the type of person that we're prioritising from here on out. Whereas, um, as has been noted by Michelle Grant here, the the super Islamophobic and homophobic stuff posted by liberal candidates was from like 12 months ago, less than 12 months ago. Um, yeah. That's fine. You can say, oh, cool. You are clearly, uh, clearly gross. And those seem to be the kind of posts that keep coming up and disqualifying liberal candidates. Um, and as I've seen many people note, well, oh, why does this keep happening to the Liberal Party? It's almost as though their ideology and policies are directly created to appeal to this type of person. Mm. It's almost mm-hmm. as though spending decades doing dog whistling, uh, racism and anti-immigration policies and, you know, Islamophobic stuff. It's almost as though they have been very deliberately cultivating these sentiments within the Australian public for years and years.
1: It is almost like that.
0: Now, it should be noted here that Michelle Grattan makes another excellent point about what happens when all these quali- uh, when all these candidates who have been pre-selected um, lose lose their endorsements. She says, it should be remembered that, given the post-nomination timing, these latest candidates unloaded by their parties have not lost their spots or their party designations on the ballot paper. As Anthony Green wrote when New South Wales Liberal candidate had to withdraw during the state election, after a previous association with an online forum which reportedly engaged in unsavory jokes, quote, the election goes ahead as if nothing had happened. It won't occur this time, but recall the Pauline Hanson experience. In 1996, the Liberals disendorsed Pauline Hanson for racist remarks, but she remained on the ballot paper with the party moniker. She was duly elected, and no doubt quite a few voters had thought she was the official Liberal candidate. While the latest major party candidates have been dumped for their views, this election has produced a large number of candidates who clearly appear to be legally ineligible to sit in Parliament. Their presence is despite the fact that, after the horrors of the Constitution's Section 44 during the last Parliament, Candidates now have to provide extensive details for the Australian Electoral Commission about their eligibility. Though the Electoral Commission does not have any role of enforcing eligibility, the availability of this data makes it easier in many cases to spot candidates who have legal question marks. Most of the legally dubious candidates have come from minor parties, and these parties, especially One Nation, Palmer's United Australia Party, and Fraser Anning's Conservative National Party are getting close media attention. Speaking of which, You know, the uh, Fraser Annings candidate for the ACT um, that we spoke about on a recent episode due to his um, being ineligible because of his, like, suspended sentences for punching cops and choking RSPCA workers? Mm. Um, I walked past that dude yesterday in the city. (laughs) Yes. I was like, oh, look at this guy's face. He he passed right by me. um, He passed right by me on the street and just had incredible... Uh, incredible like family court dad energy um just real real really bad vibes coming off that dude in waves extremely ex-con looks um I was like yep that's definitely him because I I saw the photo of him in that article and his weird face was seared into my brain and I was like let's get out of here kids Come um So, when the major parties discovered prospective candidates who would hit a Section 44 hurdle, and there have been several, they quickly replaced them. But the minor parties don't seem too worried about eligibility. While most of these people wouldn't have a hope in hell of being elected, on one legal view there is a danger of a high court challenge if someone was elected on the preferences of an ineligible candidate. So, it's creating a whole bunch of... Um, knock-on issues that are going to come up after the election because basically, yeah, there's going to be a bunch of candidates who have been disendorsed by the party that they were running for and they're going to continue running. Like the, that liberal candidate, I cannot remember her name, who was disendorsed because of a whole bunch of um, Islamophobic Facebook posts, shockingly, um, and she has announced that she's going to continue to run as an independent. And she's the one who claimed that... um, She's the one who claimed that her account had been hacked and all the The posts had been doctored.
1: So, she was like, alright. So, a bunch of these were real. Where I was saying bad stuff about Islam. But some of them, the slightly
0: worse ones, those were fake. (laughs) Those were fake. Super legit. Um, Yeah, like... I, I don't... Did, did she like deactivate the whole account in the end I think um, <clears throat> but it's it's very funny to me to just say oh no Nope. <laughs> no it wasn't me um, I think she said I'm going to I'm going to like refer refer the posts um, to the police the classic move I'm ringing up the AFP and saying hey figure out where all these posts came from. Ringing the police to ask them to sort out who posted all this racist stuff to my Facebook page.
1: Not all of the racist stuff. I posted some of it, but some, some of the other stuff. The most who racist did this? stuff. I think I know who posted it. Uh, having a few beers and then getting online and then being as racist as you really are.
0: That's who did it. So um, it's going great for those guys. Let's uh, let's let's kick on and see what else we got. What else we got in here? We have one nation candidate for Likehart. One has stories from uh, I guess the Courier Mail was it? Uh, uh, Cairns Post. The Cairns I Post, I believe. One nation candidate, seedy social media presence, boobs, bums, and creepy captions. So this man has not been disendorsed. Oh, uh, <laughs> is worth noting. Uh,
1: he is very much still in the running and has no intention of not. Not running. No, wait, I didn't need to do a double negative there. Okay. Wait, yes, I did. Oh, for fuck's sake. Anyway, um, he's still gone. He is disgraced in the sense that anyone that looked at the article went, but not disgraced in
0: the like sense that his party has had to reject him. That he's been forced to stand down. or anything. Yeah. One Nation's candidate for Leichhardt is in the firing line of a sexist social media post depicting him groping breasts in Thailand, posing with a topless woman, and captioning a woman's cleavage with the words... Mmm, yummy. Ross McDonald is an unknown quantity in the race for Leichhardt. He did not turn up uh, for the voting ticket ballot draw, was missing from a candidate's debate this morning, and his election core flutes are nowhere to be seen. His chief public presence appears to be on Facebook, where his photos are available for all to see. In the wake of a high-profile One Nation candidate Steve Dixon's resignation after the broadcast of footage of him at a strip club in Washington, Mr. McDonald's choice of images raises serious questions over the party's candidate vetting process. Does it? Um, like, not questions I've never had before. <laughs> Just asks the same questions again. Among the photos is one which has been removed since the Cairns Post made contact this morning showing Mr. McDonald holding raffle tickets in front of a young, topless woman's breasts and another of him groping a buxom lady's bosom in a bar in Thailand. Other images include a digitally altered picture of a naked woman with four legs meeting at a torso, each set in a sexually suggestive pose without a head in sight. Now, I I think it's really difficult to overstate how um how upsettingly like David Cronenberg body horror this photo is. Yes. It's uh not a, a good one. Would you like to would you like to try and just describe it for us, Ben? Well,
1: I mean I think that um Chris what's his name from the Cannes Post did a pretty wonderful job there. Chris Calcino, I believe his name is um uh, So it, if you took a mannequin Mm-hmm. Uh, a mannequin where the well, legs... two mannequins. Well, sorry, yes. If you took two mannequins. Uh, yeah. If you took, you know, the, the very specific sort of legs up, leaning back pose that women giving birth make. Mm-hmm. Feet up in the stirrups and everything. Yeah. So, you took that, a, a female, well, a, a body that was doing that, uh, and then you truncated the body just below the breasts and then you joined it with the body of someone that was doing downward dog, Mm -hmm. um, truncated about six inches above the hips, and then you joined it together so that in both instances, feet were making contact with the floor. It sort of forms... You know what, there's really no animal that this compares to. Um, No,
0: especially because, like, one set of legs is is backwards. Yes. Um, So, I guess, you know, maybe you could... Travel around doing a series of somersaults or front flips. So no.
1: Funnily enough, the front legs are in the same structure as those legs of a uh, an ant or a spider. You know how they sort of they go up and then they go down. Oh yeah. Uh, whereas the rear legs That's are as if to think about. humans walked on their knees and everything from the knee onwards was kind of maybe just there for balance purposes. It is. It is just absolutely like. <laughs> Here's two sets of fuckholes. Is the implication of the image
0: yes and and to me, that's what's so upsetting about it is that like it's 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 really it's really one thing to like you know post a photo of like a big tittied bikini model and be like, "Whoa, check out the rack on her, you know, or whatever um, that's that you know i can I can look at something like that and say, yes, a lot of men uh feel like that. About women in terms of objectifying them. That's fine. This this one really says, wouldn't it be great if, if women were just disembodied vaginas on a torso um, without arms or a, or a head? No mouths to talk to you. No, no mouth, but they must scream, you know. Uh, it's just, unclear how the body gets nutrients
1: uh, yeah. with the absence of a mouth.
0: Well, that's because the the only reason that it exists is to um, is to be be fucked by Ross Macdonald of a One Nation Party. I guess that's these 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 items are not of a concern to him. In a photo of a large-breasted woman with her cleavage on display, Mister Macdonald has written, "Wow, what a heart! The cleft of her memories has been tagged with the words, Mmm, yummy,' which pops up when the cursor hovers over the top." Another shows a woman saying, "Save a virgin, do me instead." Mr. McDonald's caption for that image reads, "Whatever you say, boss." Uh, a digitally altered image depicts a naked woman made to resemble a horse. Um, I would argue that it's it's not made um, to resemble a horse. It is, in fact, uh, made to turn the woman into like a type of um, hairless, uh, naked centaur.
1: Yeah, certainly, if. So traditionally, as we all know, the centaur as or as Americans for absolutely no reason say centaur not sure about that one. Uh a fucking usually half torso of a human being
0: um body of a horse. Yeah. So so the torso of a human um beginning at where the, the neck of a horse would normally would normally be get.
1: Certainly, yes. Whereas this is uh, human torso, uh, human legs, and then extruded from this first set of legs. More human torso. M- more human torso, and then another set of legs. Now, uh, as you probably know from looking at a horse, because uh, horses' front legs, uh, I think they're called like ungulagrade grade or whatever, Um, they don't have a forwards knee joint the same way that we do on our legs. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not exactly how they work because they're not equivalent to knees. But if you look at a horse, you could roughly say that the front legs and back legs, the horses, the knees on them are opposite to each other. Whereas that is not the case for this because this is just two sets of human legs. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't really be able to move like a horse. There's also
0: there's just there's so many questions raised. Does the horsewoman have two vaginas?
1: Well, two um, sets of
0: internal organs. Do, yeah.
1: do, do the intestines make a pass through of
0: the, all the way, first all the set, set of hip bones? Yeah. yeah does do it just go down there? It's 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 honestly just a mess. It's the rib a, cage a confusing mess. Is there a second rib cage
1: inside the second bit of torso? Well, I feel like that would interfere with the hip bones from the first set. And if you look at how her spine sort of curves out as well, that has got to just be exhausting. Because you you sort of, you're popping, you'd want to rest, surely. And I'm not sure how that would be possible. So, theoretically, this is meant to be some sort of fetishistic image, right? That.
0: Well, I would argue that perhaps, perhaps these many questions about what's going on with the internal um, organs of this naked uh, lady centaur, um, maybe that's what, uh, you know, Ross McDonald is referring to when he captioned the image, Mmm. interesting thoughts.
1: Now, I cannot stress this enough. The mmm <laughs> is four M's, all capital Followed by four exclamation marks, there is a space, there is uh, four periods, a space. Interesting thoughts. No further punctuation. Mm.
0: Interesting thoughts. Hmm. I would, I would note as well. Um, just, just going back a bit in this article where it talks about how One Nation candidate Steve Dixon has now stood down. Um, so he was the one that was in the Al Jazeera. Documentary about the guys from One Nation um, being uh, being accompanied by an undercover Al Jazeera reporter to the United States where they tried to solicit tens of millions of dollars from the NRA and the Koch brothers in order to try and, you know, legalize firearms, different firearms in Australia. Um, now, apparently there was footage that they obtained of Steve Dixon in a strip club um, with the undercover Al Jazeera guy, just generally being uh, very gross, um, very uh, sexist and racist and misogynistic when he, he's, like, groping um, the strippers. He's uh, asking them to grab his dick um, in the strip club. He's talking about how the, the, the women in the club with the small breasts are no good. Um, worthless these small tittied women are worthless to me says Steve Dixon Um, and he also has a lot to say about how uh, strip clubs are so much better in the Philippines uh, because they they take everything off and they dance up on the bar and shit like that Um, he says lots of really cool phrases like I've had more Asian than I know what to do with and oh things boy. like that. And I would note that there seems to be a recurring motif um, of the One Nation candidates here with, like, um, lots of photos of themselves in, like, Southeast Asian strip clubs. Um, and talking about uh, South South Asian, like, strippers and sex workers and stuff.
1: And which, like... Look, th- there's also certainly a reading of this that, like, okay, so this guy went to a couple of strip clubs, right? Uh, this Ross McDonald, mm-hmm. maybe that's all it is. Cause from the images, sure. You know, he's, he's certainly groping one of them in a the picture and whatever. Maybe this is like, I don't know. That's just what he was. It's just strip clubs. Nothing. It's weird, but it's not like, okay, man, but there's like, just, so one of the photos that wasn't included in the article, this is from the, this article went up and I looked straight to his profile to see what, other images he had posted uh and he had deleted the ones that were included in this article but he would left a couple up there and one of them this is just so fucking weird like because i mean it's pretty obvious what the implication is to me but i mean i, I will leave this to your judgment andrew so it is a photo of oh, a goodness. thai woman uh in a sort of combined bath shower cubicle a toilet uh, immediately behind her. Toilet immediately behind her, and then in the comments, he has just written, "This one is forty-eight years old, believe it or not." This one.
0: This one. Something yeah.
1: very fucking.
0: If you would, if you would like my uncharitable interpretation of this, yes, it is um, that Ross McDonald has um, had an encounter with a sex worker in Thailand. And then he has taken her into the well lit toilet of the hotel room that he is in, had her stand there while he takes a photo of her, and posts it to Facebook, describing how um, she is she is actually far older than he thinks she looks. Um, and like th- this is the thing, right? I think um, you know the the recent the recent stuff about like uh, nationals. Um, Nationals MP George Christensen, all of the, the stuff about like him having spent more time in the Philippines than he did in parliament over the last several years. Um, having spent like a, th- a third of a, what he'd, he'd spent like hundreds of days. He had spent like 200 and something days, almost a full year of the preceding three years in the Philippines. This is a national senator who his entire talking point is about, you know, standing up for the area that he lives in and representing local issues. And people are like, well, how are you going to do that when you're never actually uh, in the country? And obviously, people immediately make a lot of very um, unsavory, uh, people draw a lot of very unsavory conclusions about this sort of stuff in terms of, again, the type of things that a lot of uh, middle-aged uh, gross racist Australian white guys would be doing in the Philippines when spending a lot of time there or in the Philippines or in Thailand or you know uh, any any of these countries there there are specific trades that are well known there, and I think that when you take when you take as a whole um the the attitudes that these people have about women and that they have made very clear over there political careers, and in the cases of this guy like Ross Macdonald, his years and years of posts to Facebook and all that sort of stuff, it's very hard not to think like, well, your very obvious disdain and dehumanization of women, combined with the seemingly disproportionate amount of time you are spending in countries well known like for their sex trades, um, combined with public comments that you have made about like filipino and thai women and having more asian than you know what to do with um and how strip clubs and stuff are better in those countries it's very hard not to hear all of those things and form a very specific image of the type of man you're talking about here yeah um i don't think that it's like too much of a leap too much of a leap to go to there um, there's, <coughs> pardon me, now I do have, I do have a list here. Um, if we, if we want to round this off by just trying to really hammer home to you, the listener, how well it's going for political parties in Australia at this point in time. This is, uh, from a roundup from the Guardian, um, their, their live blog that they do, um, during, during weekdays. So I assume it would have been by Amy Remikus. And she has posted here, so who has been disendorsed slash resigned since this election was called? I could have missed some people here, but by my count, uh, Jeremy Hearn from the Liberal Party for Islamophobia, Steve Dixon from One Nation for being Steve Dixon in a strip club, Mm -hmm. Peter Killen, Liberal, for homophobic comments, including comments about colleague Tim Wilson, Melissa Park from Labor for comments that Israel's treatment of Palestinians was worse than the South African system of apartheid. Where's the light? Where's the line? But, uh, yeah, the Melissa Park thing was interesting because she wound up having to resign. Except that when she did, she was like, I'm not, you know, the things that I said weren't wrong, but it's derailing stuff for my party. So I'll step down. Um, Weirdly enough, Australia has very much the same situation as the states, where there is just this bipartisan dedication to insisting that Israel has never done anything wrong, even while they're like shooting reporters and medics and oh yeah, I'm children sure. and all that sort of stuff.
1: Um, some uh, news was going after a Greens candidate uh, for for like a young Greens candidate posting an image that was like it was just an e- like one of those like shit posting memes, but the text was Israel I. Oh, I think you mean occupied Palestine.
0: Yeah. Whatever. They were like, look at these horribly anti-Semitic remarks. Uh, Wayne Kernath from Labour for anti-Semitic comments. Jessica Whelan from the Liberal Party for Islamophobia. Murray Angus from the Liberals for officially, (laughs) officially for breaking party rules. um, Which was actually because uh, he said that he had nothing bad to say about the candidate he was challenging from the Labour Party, Richard Biles. So, unofficially, for being too nice. Luke Creasy from Labour for lewd comments on social media made in 2012. And then there were a bunch of Section 44ers. Uh, So, again, that is people who have been disqualified due to Section 44 of the Constitution. Including Kate Osky from the Liberals. Courtney Newn from the Liberals. Sam Kyle from Labour. Mary Ross from Labour. James Harker Mortlock from the Nationals. By Charlie Gosh from the Liberals. James Hel-
1: H- Harker Mortlock.
0: It's a pretty fun name, isn't
1: it? It's like a. It's horrifying sounding to me. Harker and Mortlock sounds like a disease you get where your bones <laughs> fuse together, and he can't bend his knees anymore. He's got Harker Mortlock. You hate uh, and- to hear
0: about it. And Helen Jackson from the Liberals. She says, I'm sure I've missed one or two. It's been a big few weeks. So um, all up in a couple of weeks there, we've got uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 people who have been disqualified as candidates due to either extremely repugnant personalities and histories of public comment um, or never having been eligible for the first place and in some specific cases um, having been the replacement for someone who was not constitutionally eligible who has then also been ruled out for just being a real bag of shit
1: I vaguely recollect there being a, a graph in that article that was like a, a bar breakdown of the cause of people dropping out it was like 7 for section 44 7 for social media posts 1 for being too nice to opponent <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah so it's going great I'm sure that it will only continue to get worse as things go on. I guess um, it it has been interesting to see how this is portrayed in the media, because I guess, you know, as as you, you said about the One Nation candidate, he's not standing down and they're not asking him to. Um, very clearly, One Nation as a party has a very different relationship with the media than other parties do. Uh, One nation has a very adversarial relationship with the media. They portray themselves as it's really like um, it's really like a very lightweight version of the the Donald Trump stuff of like oh I'm an outsider and the media hates me even though um, they have an extremely symbiotic relationship with the media. Pauline Hansen has had a huge amount of help from the mainstream media in rehabilitating her image and allowing her to get reelected to the Senate. Um, there was an interview that she did after Steve Dixon stepping down, um, on, uh, whatever the fuck it is today, tonight, or a current affair or something with Tracy Grimshaw. I watched this thing and just fucking yelled at the TV while it was happening because it was the most softball shit you have ever heard. The entire thing was cast in this light of like, oh, Pauline Hansen, why have you, a feminist icon, been betrayed <laughs> by so many men? Just fucking absurd. In fact, I think for for the bonus episode this week, I would like to actually just play that interview and stop it and dispute every fucking thing that Tracy Grimshaw says. Just the most ludicrous stuff in the world. She even gets to the point of saying to Pauline Hansen like, Look what look what this has done to you. How do you do it? How do you go on? It's like, she shouldn't go on. She should fuck off. Like, as though, as though it's somehow not related to her at all, that all of the candidates that she runs either, you know, turn out, turn out to be massive racist shitbags Turn out to have views so incompatible, even with her own, that they immediately split off after being elected and run as independents. That's happened over and over again, and she acts like it's just this weird coincidence Mm -hmm. or or like it's some sort of um, character defect specific to, like, you know, men who haven't stood by her, as opposed to you chose and approved all of these people and ran them for office under your party's name. Um, and when it turned out that they were all severely, um, like, morally and in, in so many other ways deficient, somehow she's the victim of this? Absolutely perplexing stuff. Pretty weird. Um, but yeah, so One Nation have a very different relationship with the media. Um, so they can get exposed to this stuff and have to not have to step down because you know people th- like one nation voters think that it's just the media doing them dirty but um but yeah it'll be be interesting to see how how this goes as things go on because the media was portraying like i i found it very strange that the liberals have have lost more candidates for more actual reasons as in for having said grossly grossly inappropriate things about you know ethnic communities minorities in this country which again i would argue um is actually part of the the liberals core conservative pitch to voters anyway um but they've lost more people for this sort of stuff and they lost like i think at some point they're three candidates in a day and yet the media was running stories saying Ooh, you know, this whole thing with Labour and this Luke Creasy guy that they haven't disendorsed yet over his comments from twenty twelve, it's sucking all the momentum and air out of Bill Shorten's campaign. It's like, well, why why is it not why is it not having any kind of damaging effect on Scott Morrison that they're just hemorrhaging candidates for genuinely fucked up reasons? Who knows? It's,
1: it's probably also worth noting that uh like this issue well the section 44 stuff does but this stuff does not affect the far right parties at all like uh, well i guess further further to the right than one nation i mean one nation well they kept ross mcdonald and they will probably keep the majority of people that uh do any of these sorts of fuck up so while liberal and labor are and the Greens and everyone else are forced to ditch their people. You know, you look at fucking, um, whatever the fuck Anning's party is called, Conservative, Conservative National Australia Party, I think, maybe? Yeah. Um, uh, they did a tweet that said, We don't want Muslim or black uh, immigration. They just straight up said the word... Oh, the leader of their party said that. Yeah, like, they've, they've come out, they've said something that is explicitly racist. And, you know, the, obviously, that's the party line. That's an official party statement, and no one's getting disendorsed for that.
0: Well, when, when you look at um, when you look at the thing with Pauline Hanson and Steve Dixon as well, again, he, he was caught on film, like, over a course of weeks. He was caught on film, played to the public going to the US and actively seeking tens of millions of dollars in funding for what was explicitly stated in his own terms to be see- like seeking out the political influence to change the laws in Australia over how people are elected, how laws are changed and in order to legalize just you know ass- like assault style weapons and uh, to legalize gun ownership here in the same way that it is over there he was actively canvassing like on on how to how to do damage control when there's a mass shooting um, all this kind of stuff and he he wasn't forced to stand down over that he wasn't forced to stand down over that because like he literally blew the whole thing off as oh well I'd had several scotches and he did the same thing about the strip club stuff where in both of these cases he tried to play the whole thing off as I had been drinking and therefore was not was not in control of my faculties and I'm not responsible for what I said or did. Um, which to me is like just, just so completely unacceptable as an excuse for a thing. It's like somebody saying, oh, well, I went out and got really drunk and cheated on my wife, um, but it's not my fault because I was drunk and I didn't know what I was doing. Like... No, you're still very much responsible for your actions, including the actions of getting so drunk that you don't know what you're doing. But, like, he's he's very clearly, in all of the footage that's shown, he's very clearly not, like, paralytically drunk. He's not falling down or anything. He's not slurring his speech. He's just going about his business. He's very clearly doing what he wants to do in all of this stuff.
1: Yeah, he's, you know, certainly still sober enough to be able to articulate a request for the stripper to put... The, their hand on his dick so yep
0: all that kind of stuff so but he was forced to stand down over the you know grabbing ladies jugs in the strip club and stuff because that conflicts with one nation's purported values as you know of, of their family values as a party traditional western biblical values so so they can manage to skate by on yes we're trying to legalize guns and take foreign donations and all this sort of stuff um but, you know, and they can cast all of that stuff as well as this was a big sting and we've been, we've been, you know, targeted by the media. We've been bushwhacked. We've been bamboozled by Al Jazeera, <laughs> a, a foreign, a foreign, what didn't she call it? The Al Jazeera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Al Jazeera, um, you know, coming in from, from outside, from a, from a Muslim owned um, network. Trying to trying to trick us and do all this stuff. It's worth noting as well that Al Jazeera did not screen this footage from the strip club, which they had obtained,
1: and they said that they did not want to, and that it had. They did not give
0: permission for it to be for it to be run by Seven, but they ran it anyway. And so, you know, it's very interesting that, um, like Channel Seven, again, they have done a lot of. They have been very complicit. They've been very complicit in the. Rehabilitation of Pauline Hansen's image, and they ran this stuff because it's it's tabloid shit to them, you know. Um, yeah, whereas Al Jazeera had said we did not give permission for this to run, and they didn't run it in their own story because it wasn't relevant to their stuff about them trying to legalize gun laws and all that sort of stuff. Um, but you know, I mean, you can look at a, a billboard of Pauline Hanson's, um, where you know she's she's got the. She's got the uh, tagline up on the billboard that says, um, oh, well, what, what's the fucking billboard thing that says? So like?" I, I, I say the things that, you know, I say this, the things that other people are afraid to. Um, oh, I we think all it's know the, is,
1: the things that we're all thinking, I think is what it is. Uh, but I've not, never not heard a, Not afraid
0: her. to say what we're all thinking yeah. or
1: whatever. But I've never heard her talk about the 1988 alien science fiction noir uh, alienation.
0: Which is what we're all thinking about. Which is what we're all thinking about, yeah. It's back in my mind palace. Um, but yeah, Should she... Should I give you
1: permission to put that back in your mind palace? I told you to throw that thing out.
0: I said that I was tenderly placing it on a soft pillow. That's not what I told you In to order take. to take care of it. Well, all right. But um, but yeah, very very clearly, Pauline Hanson giving you the incredibly unsubtly coded message of, I will go to Parliament and say the things that people call you a racist for saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so apparently their limit limited to the family value stuff. Um, you know, there, there's another, another candidate who has not been, again, has not been disendorsed by, um, One Nation. He, Stuart Bonds, a 33-year-old coal mine mechanic standing for One Nation in the New South Wales seat of Hunter in next month's federal election, made comments in a now-deleted video posted to a YouTube channel run by his wife, Finnish tattoo model, Cine Ariel. Uh, the only thing worse than a gay person with power is a woman, Mr. Bond said in one video. I don't have a woman boss and I don't have a gay boss and there's a reason for that. Uh, it's probably because you don't get to choose who your boss is, buddy. Uh, in other v- videos posted to his own Facebook page, Mr. Bonds raised questions about the 1996 Port Arthur Massacre. Of course he did, echoing similarly controversial comments by One Nation leader Pauline Hansen. Why was there no trial? A proper trial with a jury done, Mr. Bond said. Why was there a 30-year embargo with the evidence? They're legitimate questions. Uh, Mr. Bonds also labelled the September 11, 2001 terror attacks that killed nearly 3,000 people a conspiracy. You should question everything, he said. What do you think about Osama bin Laden being shot and thrown overboard in the ocean so we couldn't find out who he was? It's a legitimate concern. Um, Asked by Nine News whether he regretted any of his online comments, Mr. Bonds said no, 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 and that he was, quote, absolutely not a homophobe or misogynist. Well, that's cleared it up, um, but he has not been disendorsed for those comments because, again, he's just saying that um, that he that he thinks that women shouldn't be in charge of stuff and that gay people suck. So, why would he be disendorsed over that? He's just saying the stuff we're all thinking, apparently. Um, <clears throat> and just as a final note on that, I thought that the that lady's name was familiar, and that's because two years ago. There was a story that, like, the ABC ran. It was um, it was some kind of, like, you know, Australian story thing or Four Corners or whatever um, about a Finnish tattoo model who had left behind her life as a celebrity. Um, I really feel like they're overplaying how famous this lady was in Finland, but left behind her, her celebrity life as a tattoo model and everything in, in Finland um to move to Australia and marry a farmer when they met in a tattoo parlor in Thailand, a farmer named Stuart Bonds. Um, so it was this like glowing story about how this lady had like left it all behind to move to a remote community and live on a farm with no phone reception and shit. Uh, but apparently they didn't, uh, they didn't realize at that point that this dude was going to be a One Nation candidate. Hmm. So there you go. Yeah, it all that. back around. That'll probably do us for uh, this week's edition of Disgraced Canada Watch. Uh, As always, you can get a bonus episode every single week. Um, There's Lots of other fun rewards that you can get over on the old Patreon at patreon.com forward slash bunta vista. For example, Ben and I have started doing a fortnightly movie club um, where you can get online and watch a movie with the two of us. Um, having a chat about the movie we were watching on screen last week. It was 1985's Robot Holocaust from Wizard Video. A real treat for the senses. It was absolutely a tour de force of acting and special effects, as you can imagine. Uh, I enjoyed it very much. Looking forward to the next one. Hey, me too. So, head on over there if you'd like to get involved in that. Uh, and if not, that's fine. We're not going to force you. We're not going to um, we're not going to force you by pointing a loaded and armed Russian military whale at you. Certainly not some sort of threat. So we thank you for your time. We'll see you next week. Hey, thanks. No, no. Thank you. Hey, I'm no. looking past you and saying it to the audience.
1: I'm thanking the audience and you. Hey, thanks.
0: Oh well, you're welcome. Uh, the audience may or may not say that that you're welcome also. And so we'll see you next week, folks. Bye-bye. Bye.